Welcome to another edition of Bitcoin Tech Talk. My name is Jimmy Song, and you can always find this newsletter at jimmysong.substack.com. Bitcoin in El Salvador, Bitcoin Tech Talk, issue number 275. I've been in El Salvador the last few days, and the experience so far has really been magical. The place has a natural beauty, along with weather that's best described as extremely relaxing. In addition, the area known as El Sante has become a mecca for Bitcoiners who are here from all over the world. This is great for local tourism and even foreign investment, but being here on the ground, it's clear that Bitcoin means much more to this country. I had the honor of meeting with the Mexican delegation here in El Salvador. These were senators and ambassadors who wanted to check out what's going on in El Sante to see what they could do, how they could take advantage of what's going on. What's remarkable about this visit is that this sort of thing was completely unthinkable even a few years ago. In many ways, the uh, Central American countries are considered lower on the totem pole than Mexico, which in turn is considered lower on the totem pole than the U.S. The fact that a Mexican delegation was visiting El Salvador to learn what they could be doing better was truly remarkable. This is part of a startling turnaround in how El Salvadorians view themselves. For many that, ha that come from here, their place of birth has been a source of shame because El Salvador has been known internationally as a murder capital or a corrupt place or something else negative. This has changed in the last year or so as the international perception of this place has become one centered around Bitcoin. It's now becoming a place of innovation, investment, and independence. Foreigners po uh, pouring into the country is proof to El Salvadorians of what's happening. As a result, El Salvadorians are starting to take pride in what their country is doing. Bitcoin is rapidly becoming a part of their identity. I've had multiple experiences here where I've told them I'm into Bitcoin and the people here treat me even nicer. They recognize that Bitcoin is a part of the massive societal change that's going on. What's more remarkable is the effect that this is having on the leadership. Naib Bukele and his party have gone all in on Bitcoin, including issuing IMF loans and are in the process of issuing Bitcoin enhanced bonds. There's no this is no small thing as any third world country knows, IMF loans mean you have to satisfy the IMF and not the country's citizens. As a result, the people in power here seem to be more interested in what their constituents want and not these international bankers. Having less resources going to international monetary organizations means more resources are going to the people. In a way, Bitcoin has freed these politicians to do what they've been elected to do and not bow to the pressures of the international finance cartel. So many people, many of them Bitcoin skeptics, have told me there's something really different going on. Government ministers are listening and making common sense reforms which were excruciatingly hard in previous administrations. Being free of the shackles of the international monetary order has made the leadership a lot more responsive to the people. The leadership here is incentivized to serve the people. What a concept. Now there's genuine pride in the El Salvadorian people again. People who have been gone for 20 years or more are starting to return. They're realizing that there's real investment going into their country and something cool is going on. The calculation used to be that going to the U.S. to work as a day laborer was the best that most people here could hope for. Now there's real development happening and good jobs are coming. 
kids are more in interested in education because there are opportunities and more entrepreneurs are creating new goods and services. In other words, Bitcoin is incentivizing civilization building behavior. This is not to say that everything is perfect. There's still lots of problems and many things that need work, but what's clear is that things are getting better. Fiat money and the international monetary order were holding this country back, and Bitcoin is making investment in this country a profitable proposition. El Salvador is showing what transitioning from fiat to sound money looks like. Uh, so hopefully, uh, you know, you guys uh, can tell from my Twitter feed that I have been in uh, El Salvador for the last few days. I, I arrived here on Friday, and uh, I'll leave uh, in a few days. But it, it has been absolutely magical. Some of the um, stuff going on here in El Zante is, uh, is just absolutely remarkable. Um, the development that's going on, all the building that's going on, um, you know, all the Bitcoiners that I'm kind of meeting kind of randomly. Um, you know, I, the, I, I think I've met like six or seven Bitcoiners that I knew from, you know, different conferences and so on. I just sort of randomly met here or, you know, they found out on Twitter that I'm here and they're like, hey, Jimmy, I'm, I'm here too. Let's, uh, let's meet up and hang out and stuff like that. It's, uh, it's, it's remarkable. But what's more remarkable is the change in the El Salvadorian people. And you can kind of see that they're, they're very proud of what's going on here. And, uh, and I, it's starting to make sense for me why, uh, you know, Naib Bukele is just so into Bitcoin at this point. Um, like they're, they're, they've really sort of like pushed it all in. Um, you know, there, there's, uh, you know, some like animosity with like, uh, you know, the international monetary order. And, and, and I think, you know, there's some significant realization here that, you know, that, that was kind of what was holding them back. And they, they, they realized like, okay, well, this is, you know, we can we can be responsive to our people and everything else. It's uh, it's absolutely remarkable, and it's uh, it's something that I've been witnessing. It's uh, you know, and you know, as a Christian, just like seeing a lot of uh, the missions work uh, going on and it actually bearing a lot of fruit. Um, it's it's really remarkable. Um, and if you haven't been down here, you absolutely have to come down and check it out. Uh, there's some Bitcoiners I met yet last night that, that were like, yeah, I've been here for like three weeks. And you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool what, what's going on. Um, you know, many of them are looking into like permanent residency here. Um, I, you know, there's talk about some sort of like um, residency passport program and things like that. Um, which I, I, I'm hoping to find out a little more about because it, the, this place is absolutely gorgeous. Like that's not something I expected. Just like the beach here is gorgeous. The weather here is amazing. And you know, it's in the middle of January. I'm sure many of you are like, you know, uh, you know, in very cold weather places. This, it, this is a very, it, it's like tropical paradise, uh, but drier. Like it's, it's just, it's really, really nice. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it, it's just, uh, it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try to describe it more uh, in like an upcoming podcast um, you know, that, that I did with Mike Peterson. But, you know, the mentality of the El Salvadorian people is changing. And it's, it's a remarkable thing to see. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think many of them feel like they were born into like a second world, second class world citizenship. Um, 
you know, th this is actually changing it. Instead of this like monetary order where they're, you know, down at the bottom, you know, they're they're able to, you know, like sort of upend it in a in a way with Bitcoin, and they're they're now not having to, you know, go begging to the IMF and things like that. Um, and this volcano bond and everything else is uh, is a part of that. And you know, it, it I, I I didn't expect to see this level of you know, sort of like identity change as a result of this, but it's it's actually really happening, and uh, you know, very remarkable. Um, you know, I'll have probably more to say about it in the future, but they, this this is something that I really wanted to point out in this uh, in this newsletter. All right, let's talk about Bitcoin. Jameson Lop explains how the 21 million limit in Bitcoin is enforced. As he explains, the 21 million limit is not in the white paper and is there implicitly. The main function that enforces this limit is the halvening happening every 210,000 blocks, which is really a right bit shift on the minor reward. Nodes check that the reward is what it's expected to be for any given block, but not the total supply. Of course, the total supply can be checked with the get TX outside info, but that's done at user request, not at each block. Um, yeah, so Jameson is uh, like is going through sort of like a more basic series about okay, well here here are the things and here's what it actually looks like in the code. So some good stuff there. Samuel Dobson has written a Python Music Two implementation. Popeller has a good explanation of what Music2 is. Music2 is a bit more difficult practically because of the interactivity requirement and the nonce generation requirement. And the implementation explanation show what those trade-offs are. Essentially, Music2 lets multiple signers have a single public key and single signature, but at the cost of some interactivity, which really can't be avoided presently. Um, so Music2 is where you can sort of combine pub keys and combine signatures, but the trade and you know on chain it looks like a single signature single pub key, um, but you know like off chain where you you have to have interactivity between these things, including the nonce generation and so on. And there are all sorts of sort of like pitfalls to possibly doing that because if you don't trust each other or something, then there can be uh, you know like private key information leakage and things like that. And these are all. Uh, mu much of it is like theoretical, uh, but you know, like the thing about like leakage is that you know, it, even if you leak a single bit of information, um, you know, after 256 signings, your private key is lost. So you have to be extremely careful about this stuff, which is why like uh, Music Two has this interactive protocol. Um, but you know, uh, the Samuel Dobson's uh, Python Music Two implementation is there, and you can. Test it, play with it, etc. Unchain Capital has the do's and don'ts of seed phase backups. They recommend not using seedless backups, digital backups, or brain wallets, and instead recommend paper, metal, and metal seed backups. The trade-offs are described pretty well here and well worth considering. For example, should you get a temper and backup? So, uh, you know, they they talk about how to back up your seeds and what they, uh, you know, you know how you should do it and so on and sort of the exceptions. Um, so if you're escaping like a terrible country, you should probably have the C phrase in your brain or some, or write down some of them, but not all of them, that sort of thing, and, and go uh, go out from there, uh, the, the country. But you know, other than that, it's like not a good idea to keep it in your brain. Um, so the, these are sort of like best practices based on trade-offs and so on. Um, so good article. 
Jack Dorsey, Alex Marcos, and Martin White have created a Bitcoin def uh, developer legal defense fund. This will be, a great, uh, will be great to stop the frivolous lawsuits from people with altcoin agendas. And we'll hopefully get more risk-adverse devs to contribute more. Um, so th this is, you know, like the really frivolous lawsuits. It's, uh, it's like using lawsuits as warfare. I think they call it lawfare or something like that. It's... Uh, it's uh, it's ridiculous that that sort of thing has an effect on a really cool project like Bitcoin, um, but it is. So, um, you know, there, there now, there's, there are now some defenses for um, these developers and so on. Lightning Collider explains uh, transaction anxiety and why Lightning solves this. This is a great phrase to give voice to the fact that waiting 10 minutes can be very painful, especially if blocks aren't found very fast or if the fees suddenly bump. Lightning definitely reduces this anxiety, though at times, if the transaction doesn't go through, it still produces some anxiety. That said, you usually know within 15 seconds or so and not have to wait. So yeah, I, I I've have to deal with this whenever I've done like big Bitcoin transactions where you're like sitting there with somebody that is kind of a stranger, so they want to make sure that you get one confirmation or whatever. Um, and it's uh, it's kind of anxiety inducing, right? Because uh, you don't know if you have enough fees, and you know sometimes like you get like uh, rash of transactions, and you get bumped down or whatever. Um, and Lightning does solve that, but at the same time, like sometimes you, you can't find a root. But at least you know right away, and that's that's the key. Um, so good article about, uh, and I, I love the phrase. Uh, LM Markets newsletter shows how millisats work. This, the post is good for understanding how Lightning enables smaller units than the on-chain amounts. As Bitcoin gets to high prices, the ability to divide on the Lightning network will be a key feature to help Bitcoin scale. One of the main use cases are microtransactions and millisats, and maybe even microsats in the future will be useful for, say, charging for a page view or even a tweet view on a decentralized web. So. Um, you need the uh, you need some of these like uh, very small units for very frequently transacted you know APIs or something like that. Which um, you know like if everyone is sort of like running their own servers eventually, as I think people eventually will, um, then you're you know everyone serving up content will charge some amount of money, but it doesn't have to be very much money. And um, you know it, depending on the frequency and things like that, it could be you know a very small amount. Uh, and you know, millisats or even microsats might make sense at some point. There's a list of exchanges that support Lightning. I honestly had no idea that so many exchanges already supported Lightning. It would be interesting to see if these exchanges on the list are closer in the, to the median prices on exchanges. Uh, that, is, that is not have too much skew because of the liquidity offered through Lightning. Theoretically, these exchanges should have faster ar uh, arbitrage and have tighter spread. So, um, you know, at least a, a, a long time ago, it used to be that if you had two exchanges, the, you know, Bitcoin price on them would sometimes skew quite a bit. And like that would be like an indicator and things like that. Um, you know, the more, uh, you know, exchanges support lightning you know that that skew becomes tiny because you know now you can uh, transfer bitcoin very quickly between them and so on so i i would suspect that the prices among them will have tighter spreads uh but i don't know um yeah i like this is where the arbitrage comes in um and but that in theory that's uh, that's at least what should happen economics engineering etc um 
Nick Carter uh, explains the energy debate around Bitcoin mining and uh, has precedent in the same debate around gold. As he explains, many economists have complained about the resources spent to dig up gold and argued that printing paper notes was a lot more energy efficient. Yet this trade-off doesn't look worthwhile once you go to easy-to-produce paper. Uh, centralization comes with it, requiring the holders of the paper to trust and not verify. As Nick explains, the debate isn't about Bitcoin's energy consumption, per se, but rather a disbelief in the value Bitcoin provides. The article is long, but well worth reading. So I, I really like this article about Nick, um, just sort of comparing it historically to the debate around gold and are we wasting all this, all these resources on digging up gold from the ground? Um, you know, that, that used to be the argument. Oh, it's so much easier to print paper. Uh, but that's, that like, assumes a whole set of things like, oh, okay, well, gold actually isn't uh, valuable and, uh, you know, we can just use paper money. It's, it's an economic misunderstanding more than anything else. And I think that's what this ESG narrative is also. It's, it's just in a different form. Hashrate Index has a report on the changes in the mining industry in 2021. The main topic of the report is the great hash rate migration from China to elsewhere. The regulatory ban in China has led to a lot of upheaval in the industry and essentially spread the mining hash power all over the globe. As they project, 2022 will likely result in higher prices for mining equipment and a lot more mining companies will go public. So, you know, uh, one of the weird things about 2021 was that hash rate migration, and that seems to have affected a whole bunch of things, including, uh, you know, like uh, a lot of mining equipment prices have been kind of artificially low. Um, naturally, they should be fairly high, high like, um, you know, requiring like, uh, you know, six to 12 months ROI, something like that. Uh, but because like a lot of the mining went offline and then came back online again, it was just, a you know, like the ROI was fairly short for a lot of it. Um, but, you know, they, they expect this to equalize as, uh, you know, some of this upheaval kind of um, changes and so on, uh, like equalizes and so on. Speaking of mining, Jack Dorsey is getting into the ASIC design game. His goals seem a little different than the other mining equipment manufacturers as he wants to focus on accessibility, for example. Seems that after leaving a CEO of Twitter, his efforts are about adding value to the Bitcoin network at every level. I may not agree with everything he's doing, but he's been a great champion for Bitcoin and it's great to see him continue. So, um, you know, he's trying to make like a, an ASIC that's, uh, you know, pretty um, how, you know, that, that's uh, got a lot of interesting properties like accessibility, right? He wants uh, people to run it at home and so on. So um, it would be interesting, uh, kind of like a rehash of 21, uh, you know, if you remember that company. But, but it's, uh, you know, I, I, I applaud that he's trying at every level to change things and see what he can disrupt and, uh, and make better. Namcios digs into the mining situation in Kazakhstan. As uh, revealed in last week's newsletter, the Central Asian country had, at points in 2021, 18% of the entire network hash rate. It turns out that the hash rate was essentially turned off as a result of the protests against Tokayev, the current president of Kazakhstan. I'm sure many mining companies are learning the political stability is a big factor in figuring out the long-term cost of mining in a particular region. So. 
I didn't realize uh, until last week that 18% of the entire network hashing power came from this one country. Uh, you know, Iran has like another 5% or something like that. So it's kind of like it's kind of spread in a way that you wouldn't expect. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, like the regulatory certainty at angle is becoming more of a long-term factor for a lot of these mining companies. So I expect a lot of mining to sort of like migrate towards places with more regulatory certainty. So, for example, El Salvador, as it proves it out, I, I, I imagine we, we'll get a lot more mining, um, you know, as long as like the energy costs are fairly cheap, like the volcano uh, stuff. Um, so, yeah, really cool. Uh, Matthew Green decided to do a casual code review of MetaMask, as you might expect. It's not coded very well, and it's hard even to find some of the functions he wanted to review. This is something that's missing when people talk about the number of developers on Platform X as if that's a good metric. The code they produce matters, and code like MetaMask, which looks a lot like, looks, uh, like a lot of spaghetti, is not the same as heavily reviewed, painstakingly tested code like that in the Bitcoin Core wallet. So. Um, Matthew Green is a cryptographer and, uh, you know, he decided to do a code review of MetaMask. I think he wanted to review some, you know, hash functions and maybe cryptography functions. He's like, he made it clear he didn't find any vulnerabilities, but the code just isn't written very well, right? Like, it's, it's not entirely clear what's happening or where things are. It's, uh, you know, it took him a while to find where the actual code uh, that he wanted to review was and so on. So. Yeah, uh, those are all bad signs. Uh, you know, like as a developer, you kind of know when uh, code stinks. It sounds like the MetaMask code really, really stinks. Um, so, you know, it, 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 yeah, it's just sort of like an indicator that, you know, uh, that, that's the standard of quality that a lot of these altcoins have. And, you know, to be fair, they're centralized. So in a way, that, that's kind of acceptable, I guess. I don't know. Some quick hits. Turkish people are escaping from the lira to Bitcoin and Tether. Um, that's in the Wall Street Journal, which is uh, you know, like not the most Bitcoin friendly, but they're re realizing what's going on on the ground there. You can get $10,000 in Bitcoin on a bicycle if you move to Arkansas. So uh, they, they, I think it used to, used to be just $10,000. Now they're saying $10,000 in Bitcoin plus a bicycle if you move to Arkansas. Um, very interesting. Uh, if you're... If you're looking for like free money or something like that, or if you're a remote worker, even the homeless cannot stop a determined person from accumulating Bitcoin. So the story is about a homeless guy that's uh, that's been you know uh, stacking sats. I think he has over a million now. So really interesting. Like homeless people are not people that you associate with savings, but this guy's doing it. Uh, probably the best report of what's happening in China the past couple of years that I've read. So um, this isn't about Bitcoin at all, but, uh, you know, just kind of what's going on politically and so on. Uh, really interesting, long article if, uh, if you're uh, into what's happening in China. Another week, another altcoin gets exposed. Um, and, of course, that's, uh, you know, like a common theme on this show, uh, on this podcast. But, uh, you know, like this is Moxie Marlene Spikes mobile coin that he uh, did signal and yeah not not good all right some events uh bitcoin in the american dream book launch is happening in washington dc on february 10th come join me and meet the authors as well as some influential dc people for the event um and i'm gonna try to get some uh some international people as well so uh stay tuned for that i am planning to be in london for advancing bitcoin march 3rd and 4th but there is some possibility i won't be able to get into the uk but i will also be at bitcoin 22 
uh, in Miami, April 6th through 8th. I'll also be doing the programming blockchain seminars in London, March 1st and 2nd, uh, and Miami, April 4th and 5th. Uh, some podcasts uh, on this week's Bitcoin Fixes This. I talked to Peter McCormick about the English football team that he bought, Bedford FC, his vision for how the club can be used to benefit uh, Bitcoin and Bedford is pretty inspiring. I read through last week's newsletter um, and I talked to uh, about the ESG narrative and how it's, um, it's mistaken around Bitcoin with Students for Liberty. I talked about the book and decentralization censorship resistance with Bitcoin Magazine. And here's the latest book, which is out now, Bitcoin and the American Dream. Um, my other books are Thank God for Bitcoin, The Little Bitcoin Book and Programming Bitcoin, which you can find on Amazon. Unchained Capital is the sponsor of this newsletter. I'm an advisor. I'm proud to be a part of a company that's enhancing security for Bitcoin holders. If you need multi-sig, collaborative custody, or Bitcoin native financial services, learn more at Unchained.com. Fiat the one that asked, this song is done. <laughs>